0: What's up, friends and followers of War Media? This is Kyle Means. I want to put y'all up on something real cool, and that's involving our friends at tixblitz.com, where they got all types of great offers for seats and uh, on events of all kinds. Uh, They hooked us up with a promo code that is promo code WAR, W-A-R-R. You use that and you can save 5% off all purchases at TixBlitz.com or on the TixBlitz app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all events. TixBlitz provides the same great seats as other resellers, but with no service fees. None at all, y'all. I'm telling you, this is the hookup, man. We put you on, all right? So, hook so uh, support us, our friends at ticksblitz.com and never pay service fees again. That once again, ticksblitz.com, blitz app available everywhere, y'all. <laughs> sitting back and uh, enjoying some laughs with a friend. And uh, that's what we're doing right now, special edition of Running With War. Your man Kyle Means here, Editorial Director of War Media, and was sitting right beside me. We in the G14 classified uh, area here. So we, that's that's why I'm getting, is one of the first times I get to record in the same, we've done, well, we've recorded the same before, but we haven't done it in, We've rarely done it, but it's the one and only Brandon Scoop B. Robinson is with me. He is in Chicago. I'm not going to tell you where specifically, because I don't want y'all rushing (laughs) him. But he's in Chicago, and it's always a a blessing and a a privilege to see my man when he's touched down in the shot.
1: I feel the same way about you.
0: I appreciate it, bro.
1: Regal Radio. We are in there like Swimwear. Kyle Means, editorial director, creator. (laughs) Producer, style coordinator, <laughs> pastor, bishop, barber, all that. Oh man,
0: I'll, don't put all that on me, <laughs> I could stand up to that type of scrutiny, man. But you know, I'm not, I do what I do, man. And, and Brandon, you definitely do what you do. Yes, sir. And you know, we just, like I said, just taking advantage of this opportunity. We sure are. To do. <laughs> 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 We've we, we been making some moves today. Yes, sir. Brandon, stay making moves, so. We, you pin them, when you get a chance to pin them down, you, you make a you know you take advantage of it. But we're just gonna you know build for a quick minute here, talk about some uh, some goings on here, you know, with, with basketball, the NBA, as we typically do. But uh, I'm, I'm gonna start you out though um, with a little uh, trivia, test your test your brain. Uh oh, you know, because I know you uh. No, you 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 you're a historian as well as, a, as an expert and a, you know uh, an insider and everything. all the stuff <laughs> they be saying. I love I love the game of basketball, brother, yeah. as we all do. And you appreciate you got appreciation for the Bulls and everything. I, I surely do. The ages and everything. Yes, sir. Now, recently, the Bulls had their most recent fifty-point scorer in DeMar DeRozan. Mm-hmm. He dropped a fifty. This this uh 50, what was it, uh the uh. Sometime this season. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't too long. He just, he just did fifty. I was thinking he did like fifty-five, but it was just fifty. Right now, of course, Jordan has the most fifty-point games for the Bulls. He has thirty even. Okay, there are two, 36 50 thirty-six fifty-point games and all for the Bulls. Now, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you two others who scored fifty. Chet Walker. That's way back in the day. Mm-hmm. He's had a fifty-six point game, and uh, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you Zach Levine. I mean, you know, because that, that's kind of an easy guess. Zach Levine is is a current Bulls had fifty points. As sure. Well. Okay. Now, this so that leaves two other guys. So, who are they? Yeah. Who Who are they? Wait, uh, who,
1: give me Give me one. One One's anniversary is today. Derek Rose. No. Really. Yeah. It's
0: not, it's not Scotty. Not with the Bulls.
1: It's not Scotty. Not Scotty.
0: Um, They both played in the 2000s. They both played post-dynasty. Jimmy Butler? You got it. Butler. Ooh, Butler's, ooh, had, ooh. Butler's had two of them. Okay. He had 2 50 one games, with the Bulls. You need me to give you one more? Yeah, and that said so in the last one anniversary is today. Not Miritich. No. Nah. Um, uh, he's, he's a guard. Yeah. You he's a good he's a friend of yours.
1: Not Kendall Gill. Nah,
0: no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Kendall Gill,
1: but no. Uh and you said it was like post dynasty era?
0: Post
1: Dynasty, yeah. <sighs> Dang he's a guard
0: guard is, he's, a, he's a good he's a friend of yours where's he from <laughs> he's from west of the mississippi i can't give you two exact.
1: yeah because west of mississippi
0: that's that's he's he's from west west coast west coast shit i don't know who oh man i'm surprised uh crawford oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seattle. Okay. yeah. Seattle. Okay. Yes. Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford. Um, shout out to the Shadow League. They uh they put the post up on IG. uh On this day, 2004, Jamal Crawford scored 50 points. 114, 108, Bulls win over the Raptors. Congratulations, my
1: brother, Jamal.
0: Yeah. Jamal was, we love him here in Chicago because he he's we knew off top that he could hoop and he was that he was our type of guy. It would have been nice if we had him longer, but you know, uh, he, he he put a, he did some things. Michigan's
1: own, Michigan Wolverines own Jamal what? Crawford,
0: Raynor Beach High School. Definitely. definitely.
1: yes sir. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I,
0: I'm glad I got you. I got it. I'm glad I got you on that. One. Yeah, shoot. <laughs> the Jimmy you
1: did well with Jimmy. Yeah, you did
0: well with Jimmy.
1: Nah, but the Jamal one, he, he gonna have my head for that. <laughs> right,
0: yeah, that's, that's your man. So, yeah. You know, you might hear from that. Yes, sir. But uh, yeah, I, I guess going off of that, uh, the, a little news has come across today.
1: The um, you know, Gentry got fired over in uh, uh, Sacramento. Sacramento,
0: yeah. So I heard heard that, and I saw the thing. I saw a push notification come across that talked about uh, uh, some candidates, and one guy who we mentioned yesterday in our little get together came up uh, as a uh, Kenny Atkinson. Yeah. <laughs> Came up as a possible yes. candidate. Yes. You think he might be a good one? um I, I ran into Kenny
1: a few weeks ago. Uh, Kenny loves the game of basketball. Kenny is a basketball lifer. Um, and I think really and truly the way that it ended in Brooklyn for him, um it, it, it was I know they were looking for more of a name. Um, but I think with Kenny Kenny is well-respected in basketball circles, which is why Steve Kerr uh, brought him in. It would be cool to see. I think one of his advantages or one of his Kenny Atkinson's giftings legitimately is he's able to build uh, programs. Um, And you saw that, you know, prior to Kyrie and Kevin Durant's arrival in Brooklyn, you know, the Rondé Hollis Jeffersons of the world, the D'Angelo Russells, uh, and even Jeremy Lin and some of those other guys. So, you know, spending some time with Sacramento during the season, um,
0: they're very young. Um, Do you think it might, that might be the remedy to, like, a college-type atmosphere?
1: I think you're starting to see it more. You look at Memphis with Taylor Jenkins. I mean, think about this. I, I said this in one of my Scoopy Intel reports with Bally. Do you know that Taylor Jenkins and LeBron James are the same age?
0: Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, didn't, I, I wouldn't have known that, but I know Jenkins is young. He's 37. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: And I asked him what his favorite uh, video game of all time was, and he said Atari Jaguar. You don't really hear Greg Popovich <laughs> talking like that. Um, <laughs> you probably
0: don't even know what Atari is.
1: Still. <laughs> right. So, you know, to, to go back to your question just about a, a, a building, you, you got to kind of – I think you're you're kind of seeing it in, in um, New Orleans where – you know, Willie Green has, has talked to me, has intimated with me, just talking about creating a, a, a situation where guys actually want to be there. Okay. Um, and and you and you kind of bring in a C.J. McCollum who, you know, the point guard, and he's he's welcoming. And, you know, C.J. shared with me about this dinner that he had uh, right after the All-Star break with um, Brandon Ingram uh, as well as himself and Willie Green. And Brandon Ingram could talking about this sorbet that they had, um, but, and, and CJ kept talking about these French fries. He loves, that's his one weakness.
0: That's my man. I love French fries. That's
1: there you go. <laughs> um, so to go back to your point about Sacramento, I, I think there needs to be a, a level of establishing identity. Like I was disappointed that tr- that they traded Tyrese Halliburton because yeah. uh, he's living his best life in Indiana. Um, yeah, it was good
0: for you. As
1: well Indiana as Indiana. Buddy Heal and some of those other guys. So um, I, I think that in cases like New Orleans and in cases like Memphis, smaller cities or cities that aren't New York or Philly or LA or Chicago, that works. Even mm-hmm. you look at Pop in San Antonio, that's basically what he did. Yeah. So I, I think. Pop
0: sees like, to me, like, he's. I, 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 it was when um, he, had, he, he broke the, coat, the the winning record, the mm-hmm. win record. Mm-hmm. And his guys there was a t- there was a tweet i saw them saw celebrating around and this stuff it's a, it seemed to be like he's coaching like like a, hi- a high school team right now like he's like like he's, he's, it's one of those movies where a pro coach <laughs> gets a moves down to a lower level and just rallies and has this high school team that rallies around
1: last of a dying breed of coaches that have full autonomy yeah. um if you remember he replaced Larry Brown after he was let go and one of the first moves he made uh, was trading uh, Dennis Rodden for Will Perdue, yeah. and um, you know, and when I look at Pop, I, I think he is the epitome of what, a, a, as it relates to just the coach being bigger than the the, the franchise in some aspects, uh, the epitome of what a Rick Patino was, mm-hmm. uh, and or or what what would what, what, uh, ultimately John Calipari is in Kentucky at this point, or Coach K is, and and with Duke, and well, that's him. at that level. At that's that, that, when you
0: have that when you're, you're like the king. <laughs> You survey all
1: of it. You know, the only person in the NBA that has that car blanche at this point is Steve Curry in Golden State. Yeah. And he comes from a Phil Jackson and Greg Popovich system. The only other person who has that, Doc Rivers had that in Los Angeles with the Clippers. Um, he's a name within Philadelphia, but it's not the same.
0: Yeah.
1: So I, I think when you look at Sacramento starting grassroots, um, developing a culture, I think Willie Green – uh, is the blueprint. I think they kind of tried that with um, Luke Walton. I just think that Luke, after the whole Lakers situation, as far as coaching LeBron and being the same age as LeBron mm-hmm. and managing all of those uh, personalities in the Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, LeBron James, Julius Randle, Sacramento was kind of like, um, was, <laughs> once once you have um, prime rib steak, you can't go back to Hamburger Helper. And not, Sa- and not, Sacramento was hamburger worried. Yeah, and I think like hamburger helper was, was, the, was the case for Luke Walton I think Kenny Atkinson after being removed From Brooklyn and doing exceedingly And abundantly all that one may ask I think going into a situation like Sacramento might might work wonders For him
0: We're going to talk about the Lakers in a minute too Because there's been some uh, Frank been- Vogel's yeah, some- out Yeah, there's been some He's not officially. Yes. officially He's out Oh well, I see. I I saw the I saw the one report about people who they're who they're thinking about. I mean, and, and it seemed it seemed it was one of those things where it seemed like it was, you know, in the cards anyway. So, but that's why people are talking about like like um, I'm sure I get get this report up, but I got Shams was mentioning people some people like uh, uh particularly Nick Nurse as being a possibility out there. You think, you see something like that? Possibly happening.
1: I think there's a few names out there. Um, Nick Nurse w- would make plausible sense. Uh, Jawan Howard would make plausible sense. Wow. Um, in addition to that, um, you going to you have to kind of monitor the situation uh, with the 76ers and Doc Rivers uh, and what happens there. Will he leave? Will he get fired? How will they end up within um, you know the, the the Eastern Conference standings at the end of the year? I know a lot of people are lobbying for Uh, there are people who have a vested interest in seeing what ultimately happens with Mike D'Antoni, particularly because of the relationship that he does have. Uh, with james harden which is one of the reasons why james ultimately wanted out of brooklyn because um the system that steve nash was running this season was quite different uh, than the playbook that was being ran in brooklyn the year before with mike d'antoni uh, as as a lead assistant and so uh you know d'antoni is currently in a, a a consultancy role with the pelicans mm-hmm. and he ushered in uh willie green this season in his first year as head coach the same way last season uh, he was that additive for for Steve Nash. So, you know, when you look at this situation with Doc Rivers, like I said, um it would be interesting to see uh, what ultimately what will happen this offseason, season just depending on what happens. So, there's a lot of names that are that that will be discussed. Um Juwan Howard being one of them. Right. Um and and I also think that uh, try, or rather Frank Vogel exceeded a lot of expectations in Los Angeles particularly with winning that championship in yeah. the bubble. Yeah. Um Jawan Howard was somebody that was of interest and in partially because of the connection to Rob Palenka. Uh, they were all teammates at Michigan. Um, I know that uh, the other portion of it uh, is, so Frank Vogel is represented by the same talent agency, or rather they have the same agent as um, Frank Vogel, Phil Handy and Joan Howard all are represented by the same talent agency. Uh, as as far as representation, uh, Phil Handy will be a very interesting uh, dichotomy this summer. As will be uh, David Fisdale. Uh, will Fizdale will they will they continue to hire in house and have Fizdale become? He's the lead assistant there now. Uh, will, will he will he assume that role? Um, so th- there's a lot of things that people will look at. I know they're looking for names. I'll be honest with you. I think one of the biggest mistakes that the Lakers made was not hiring Tyloo, and because he- yeah,
0: that's looking pretty obvious at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you and you let them go cross town and
1: you next see, door
0: in, and next in the door, same building, not even cross town, but next door. And, and, and you know, the Clippers are in position at least you know, with all their issues that they've had, you know, injury wise and stuff. They're in a position to get in the playoffs. And these Lakers have had less, way less uh, uh, excuses, really. Way more, you know, less, yeah, less excuses than the Clippers, I would say. And not even in
1: the way. I think the Lakers are in an interesting situation um, because I know that there are many people in that organization um, that were not really fans of Frank Vogel uh, this season that I've spoken with. Um, do, you, do
0: you think that was like from the hire, from the hire, or just players? No, no, I mean like from his from his initially being hired, or was it just like a turn that happened this year?
1: They wanted Jason Kidd. I can tell you that yeah. LeBron wanted Jason Kidd. Um, mm-hmm. I know that Jason, one of Jason Kidd and LeBron's biggest regrets uh, were that they were never able to become teammates in the NBA okay. and being in, in Los Angeles as a coach and a player or assistant coach and player was the consolation prize. In effect, that they won a championship. Um, I can tell you that, that um, when LeBron came to Los Angeles and when – Luke Walton was the head coach. Uh, LeBron's preference was LeBron and Magic Johnson's preference uh, was um, anywhere from Jason Kidd and Mark Jackson. And I think you remember from my reporting back in 18 and 19, Mm -hmm. I was saying that Um, the only issue with Jason Kidd uh, was. Uh, the past transgressions as it related to domestic violence yeah. uh, issues that were uh, implicated back when he was in Phoenix. And the fact that, you know, Jeannie Buss is the, the governor of, of the Lakers and the optics of that in many people's minds was that that wasn't a go. Um, and the fact that Frank Vogel had exceeded those expectations uh, in year one uh, as a head coach.
0: Yeah. And, and So it was hard to get rid of him after that. And, yeah you have you had kid waiting in the wings but then it was like okay we can't get rid of Vogel now so kid was like okay well, let me go up to Dallas
1: and it <laughs> it's it, like this
0: Dallas is looking you
1: know Vogel was hired to be fired yeah. except they couldn't fire him yeah kid was the voice of reason and last year Dwight Howard not coming back and ultimately signing with Philly um They ended up going in the Montrezl Harrell direction, Mm -hmm. and you did not have JaVale McGee and Rondo. And as much as Dwight Howard was upset that he couldn't get the money that he thought he deserved, uh, I can tell you that in the playoffs when the Lakers um, played the Rockets that year in the bubble, Dwight was frustrated with Frank Vogel because of his playing time or lack thereof in that series. Mm. Uh, as, and, but when you think about that situation, and I know that that situation was repaired, they really needed him in that series against Denver. Yeah, And that series against Denver, he was rested because he didn't play in Houston. But ultimately, he went elsewhere. I feel like the Lakers messed up the nucleus by letting Rondo, by trading Rondo, or not giving Rondo what he wanted, um, by letting Dwight Howard walk, bringing in Montrose Harrell, and... Um, and really trading Kyle Kuzma for Russell Westbrook.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Kuzma is living his best life in Washington having a team of his own.
0: And that's um, a team, you know, <laughs> not, that's a team, you know, for, for those who don't know artists, you're seeing them pretty close up front because you're based in that area now. So. So,
1: yeah, it's a team that um when I'm when I'm in town, but but that's a team that's that's, um, you know, really building around Contavious Caldwell Pope, as well as Kuzma, as well as Bradley Bill, who's been out and they brought in Porzingis, who's loving the role that he's in as a as a as an actual center, uh, seven foot three um and, and can really do a lot on the floor. So the Lakers, I think we're in a, I think anytime you're on a LeBron led team, you've got a three to four year window. Man, Yeah, and, and and
0: after, after that four year now. it's like you, you had the title, but you missed the playoffs twice. It's, it's kind of rough.
1: Well, the first year he was there, that was the groin injury. Yeah. The second year, they won a championship. This is year three, right? Oh, last no, year, yeah, this is year four. Last, yeah, last year was they lost to Phoenix. Phoenix was yeah. that much better. Yeah. Year four, they didn't even make the playoffs. And year five, it's going to be interesting. So now you're going to start discussing, well, what's Anthony Davis's future? Um, and this all goes back to 2018 when Space Jam was a thing, LeBron and the Lakers. Was it going to be Kawhi LeBron? Was it going to be KD LeBron? Anthony Davis was always in the cards. This is taking you back down memory lane, all the things that were going on with the Lakers. but. You know, now we're also looking at concurrently with Brooklyn and what they're going to do. And can they get can they get it done this year with, with the three-headed monster that is Ben Simmons, uh, Kevin Durant, and, and and Kyrie? And that window is starting to open up, and we'll see what happens. You so,
0: are we going to see Ben at all before the playoffs end?
1: Folks that I've spoken with um, have always – he was supposed to come back the week after that Philly game, okay. and he got the epidural shot. Um, he's been practicing with that team all along. Um, they're telling you a little something different than what's actually going on and they're in the they're in the practice of uh the best interest of the team um but as it relates to him coming back directly to answer your question i'm hearing uh it could be later in the playoffs
0: Wow, well, man. this is like i, I don't understand why he, you wouldn't have him at least ready right away for game one uh, what what they, what they got playing so they got even for the playing like why wouldn't you have him ready? Right away for these just playing game.
1: I mean, I don't... Back, back issues have been an issue, but also they want to get it right. Um, I think that the one thing that the Nets, I, I feel like, in a situation where they got uh, Ben Simmons in the trade, um, they got rid of Harden, and they actually in a lot of respects retooled. The Nets um, gave up Jared Allen. And that was supposed to be their center of the future. Yeah. And when I look at the Nets overall, while I like Nicholas Claxton, to me, he's a role player center that is developing chemistry by day with mm. KD Kyrie. And when I look at what the Nets got and getting Drummond, I think that was a very smart move. Sure. Because you 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 get what you left with Jared Allen by committee with Claxton and with Drummond and with a 4-5 and Kessler. Uh, that's going to help them. But in addition to that, where the Nets were a little naked was the fact that Joe Harris has been out all season yes. and they got a shooter in Seth in Seth Curry, uh, who when healthy and his ankle is on par, um, is going to help them, uh, particularly when Kyrie and KD are commanding that double team. Now you add Ben Simmons in a situation where he doesn't have to be Philly Ben Simmons. He can legitimately be. Uh, a defensive stopper, uh, and doesn't have to put up thirty or forty a game in order to be effective. He he can get you a quiet fifteen to
0: twenty. Yeah, yeah it's, it's gonna be interesting to see. We got the games tomorrow, right? Right, quick. Uh, you know, you got the cat. I say Nets hosting the Cavs tomorrow, and uh, Clippers and T Wolves. T Wolves. Uh, you know, we watched them last night against the Bulls. It wasn't, you no, know, not a serious game at all, really, because uh, everything was set up already uh, for both sides. But I, yeah, I like to, t- I like what Minnesota has done in the second half of the season. Man, they, like you say, they, they're busy. <laughs> 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 but uh, right quick, what, what do you think about those two games? How do you think they're gonna play
1: out? I think it's gonna be Brooklyn, and I think it's gonna be the Timberwolves.
0: Man, so it's both seven seeds and. They, they'll go on to those number two, so that would mean Brooklyn will face Boston in the first round, and uh, the T Wolves will face uh, Memphis. So, and yeah, those would be two different, two interesting uh, first round matchups. There, definitely, definitely. we gonna have some more. Uh, you know, we we did, we doing sort of a, a patchwork thing with this this week's show because I'm like I said, me and Scoop doing our thing here, and you gonna hear uh, you know the rest of the guys talk about the rest of the play in stuff coming up uh after a little transition. But you know, uh we me and Scoop both gotta move in a minute. But I wanna make sure before uh we go off, uh definitely whatever Scoop's got something going on, we gotta let you plug it. And uh you got some new stuff going on with Valley Right. Uh some playoff some a new a new segment and some new playoff uh, content. Going on. Yeah,
1: I'm doing some stuff uh, with the playoffs uh, daily. You can uh, catch the show uh, that I'm doing with Kelsey Nicole Nelson. Every comes on daily. Um, comes on daily, uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time uh, through Twitter, and then it's re- repurposed on Bally's website. Um, and in addition to that. Um, I do my weekly uh show through Spotify, uh Green Room. Yeah. And uh, you know, all the stuff that I'm doing through Bavada as well. Yeah, so,
0: that, yeah, so Lock, yeah, like I said, so you've been been doing that stuff, been been knocking it out the park with all that. You know, shout out to Lisa and <laughs> Yeah, we ended that show. That did, what happened? We just ended it. Just ended it. I had to break up. Yeah, man. But <laughs> but I'm still at Bavada and um enjoying it okay enjoying and it and the green room stuff going good yes okay yes well it's, it's real it's real good to uh see you doing what you do with valley and being like on that level with the with the other insiders and the tv people now and everything and, and that's you know you're doing some stuff here with stadium here in chicago too that's that's uh something we could watch out for this week at least right now.
1: yes yes and, uh, yes doing a couple of shows i was over there Meeting with some folks today. I'll be doing some TV tomorrow at stadium. So a lot of good things coming down the pike
0: Yeah, yeah, man. This you got to keep up with Scoop, man. You want you want real information. You want some some entertainment at, at, at the, uh, as well. You know you want some good stuff. You got to mess with my man Scoop. We have been saying it, man, for what we, we been we went over last night. We've been saying it for nine, ten years now, man. You know we've been riding with you. Thank you, you know, brother. Really, just appreciate everything that you do.
1: Thank you, brother, and and likewise, thank you for the support and the platform uh, to always be myself.
0: Yeah, you, they, yeah, No one else you can be yourself would be, man. Cause I, don't, I you know, I don't, I don't need nobody putting on airs around me, man. There you go. And, you know, you but you keep it real, and with everything that you've been doing, you keep it real. You keep it true to who you've been. You the same dude, and I, I really appreciate that, man. So thank you, brother. Yeah. So man, you know that's it, man. We enough walking down memory lane. Like I said, we give, we gave you a little info here too with uh, what's going on in the league, uh, and you know keep like I said keep up with Scoop and all he does, and uh, you know he'll be back on with uh, with with the with the rest of our our guys, you know, uh, pretty soon as well. So you know we try to keep scooping the mix every couple months or so, coming on with uh, with running with water. So. But uh, like I said, for now, we're going to sort of transition, pass it off to uh, Josh, and he's going to be with, uh, with the rest of our guys, and they're going to talk, talk up the playing games and uh, the Bulls situation. Of course, they're set for the 3-6 matchup with, in the East with uh, Milwaukee. You got, you got any thoughts on that real quick?
1: It'll be interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. I don't, know, I don't know. I don't if it's gonna be good. Interesting, but it's gonna be interesting.
1: It's gonna be interesting. <laughs> yeah.
0: But you uh, yeah, we going like I we gonna do more previewing of the Bulls uh, uh, coming up with that series as well. Shout out to my guy uh, Stephen Gardner, who's providing us with some good content on our our uh, Substack page. He's uh, been uh, doing the game recaps and stuff. He's got a feature preview in the series coming up uh, uh, that's going to be, It should be up in, if not tonight, then uh, tomorrow or early tomorrow. And you know what? This is a young guy. I told him about our earlier coverage, and I looked back through some of your stuff. <laughs> I sent through some of your links. It's still up, of course, but uh, from from 2013. So Wow. I, I hope he read them. I think he did. That was it that took me back, you know, reading some of that stuff that you did, man. Yeah. That was some of our first uh st- stuff we ever ran on the website.
1: Humble beginning, sir.
0: Definitely, definitely. Yes, sir. Once again, though, School B, appreciate you, bro. I'm in. And uh this is me, Kyle I Means, man. We got uh, signing off for now. Regal uh well, it was not Regal Radio anymore, but War Media. And uh War Media at War Media. Search it all the major platforms, Twitter, IG, Facebook. Um, War on Anchor, our podcast platform. You can find uh, this recording as well as many others uh, in our back catalog on SoundCloud. Many different interviews from the years we've done with Scoop and many uh, high, uh, high profile names of sports and sportsman entertainment and broadcasting. Check us out. Uh, that's it for now. Let me uh, get get some more coconut water in my mouth or something before my mouth dries out. (laughs) But that's it for now. Uh, Kyle Means, appreciate y'all. Thanks for listening. We out. Keep bouncing.
2: Yes, sir. Y'all know what time it is. This was Kyle. No, this is your boy, Joshua M. Hicks. Get, the, get it right. All right, All of Josh. Running with y'all, man. We run, we're doing another running with war with the fellas. We three man weaving at this time. Kyle you know, just had other things to do, so we taking this spot for the night. Gonna go with the flow of this thing. We got Drew on the left, on the right wing. Got Chris coming up the middle. As I'm on the left wing, and I'm hoping that Chris makes the right point guard decision to pass (laughs) me the ball so I can throw the alley oop at least, or at least give me a chance to score. You know,
3: I can't, I can't jump like that anymore. So (laughs) it's gonna be one of those, it's gonna be one of those alley oop uh, layups off the glass. Mm-hmm. One of those, or I'll just, or I'll just throw it off the backboard back to you, <laughs> and then let you get up and do that.
2: Okay, now if you're talking about maybe if I was back in my like in my prime hooping days, I might have agreed with you on that. I had a little balance, so I'm, I might have agreed with you with that. But now, nah, I'm leaving that to the professionals. I'm gonna leave that to the professionals. They got that for me. They got that. Yeah. Uh, or like the, or like the the old man's rec league that still got balance in their forties. Still doing stuff. No, I'll leave that to them. They, can, I'll, I'll risk them having an injury versus me. I am going to be signing the NDA, the NDA non-disclosure agreement when it comes to stepping on the court again. But like we always do, if you have, if you're not step if you're like us and not stepping on the court as much as you probably should, you're listening to what's happening on the court in other in other areas and other arenas, and we talk about them all tonight because it's playoff frenzy. It has a lot, it has arrived, not just within the NBA and more specifically the Bulls, but the WNBA as well, with the WNBA draft taking place. We just all show love and uh to all, all leagues out there, especially in women's sports, new supporters of that. And we do want to jump into some of that tonight. But aside from starting off the show, like Chris saying and waving goodbye to LeBron James and his postseason success, <laughs> but, um, we're going to start with obviously the hometown of Chicago Bulls. And they have now officially locked themselves as the sixth seed. They are now playing the crosstown rival, per se, Milwaukee Bucks, right up the street on I-90. And I am going to admit you might as well bring out the brooms. I, I, I don't I don't give it a wow. chance. I don't have a chance. I don't think we have a chance. Um, just because of one person and one person alone, Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball, to me, Fills up everything that the Bulls struggle with in every game that they've lost perimeter defense, toughness, high IQ basketball, and especially in the beginning of the stretches, in the beginning of the winning streaks that we've had, he was the third or fourth scorer on the team. So if Vooch or Zach or DeMar wasn't hidden, Lonzo was 9 out of 10, that next man up, and he kind of helped us get us through. Uh, now that that is gone, you've seen the struggles in the perimeter defense. You've seen and you've seen uh, the lack of offense that we've had along the way and how sometimes it just didn't flow. I don't know. Playoff basketball is completely different. It's not a run-and-gun game. It's a half-court game. The game slows down where you have to play real defense, and be able to execute offensively, and with Lonzo Ball normally being the one of the top guys up front on both ends of the floor, I don't know if we can handle a three-headed monster in Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday, with the way they've been playing as of late. And you ain't got, and to be honest, with you, you ain't got nobody that can guard all three like that. I, I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of faith as I should in the Bulls to help get okay maybe let's say we will give them a gentleman sweep they got one game in them you know but I don't know man I'm I'm I don't have as much faith in the Bulls right now as I was in the beginning of the season to help them take things to that next level considering you're playing the champs of the the, the repeating, defending champs and Milwaukee Bucks and they're on they've been hot all season especially the second half of the season they've been hot hot clicking on all cylinders. And we sitting there struggling what Billy Donovan is doing with his offense and defensive schemes and figure out what roster he's going to play. I, I just don't see it right now, but I'm going to hand this off. I'm going to assist this thing to Drew and ask you to score this bucket for me <laughs> answering this. What gives the best chance for the Bulls to defeat the Bucks? As a matter of fact, is there even a chance? Because everyone has a chance, but my chance is like, you know how on the on a, on a product you buy the cleansing products you got the 99.9 <laughs> but you got that 0.1 they got that 0.01 mm-hmm.
4: that's
2: not accounted for see there it is that lysol you got that but <laughs> that 0.01 is not accounted for mm-hmm. that gives you that slightest hope that this is not fully 100 effective that's how i am with the bulls in this series they got <laughs>
4: Well, you overcome
2: them, and I just don't say it, but prove me wrong, Drew. Prove me wrong.
4: Um, unfortunately, at this point in time, I don't have anything to really help prove you wrong at this point in time. If this was two months ago and we were talking about a Bulls team that was still fighting with Miami for the number one seed in the East, a team that, um, you know, although they were still missing Lonzo ball, it wasn't yet as bleak as it turned out to be in terms of him being shut down for the whole season. Um, DeMar DeRozan was still on a heater. I think that the best chance the Bulls have to win any game in this series, if they are going to win a game, is the first game of the series. I think that um, they're going to have six days off between them beating the Wolves this past Sunday and opening up the, the series with the Bucks on Easter. And I think hopefully that gives them a chance to to reset, to rest, um, to prepare. And maybe they can catch the Bucks kind of easing out of the gate, knowing that they just, you know, shellacked this team by 20 plus points the last two times they played them. Um, that's really the only way I see this this series not going 4-0. I think that's my prediction. I think that it's gonna be Bucks and five. I think the Bulls find a way to sneak a game out in this um In this first this first game Sunday, other than that, man, you you kind of just you hit the nail on the head. It's hard to really have a lot of faith in this team, and it's not even so much, you know, DeRozan, um, you know, kind of cooling off from that February that he had, or Levine's knee, or Caruso's wrist and his back. It's 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 the fight that we haven't seen from this team. You know, that's something that they kind of struggle with all season. Sometimes they hit back. Unfortunately, the last <laughs> month, two months, they haven't really fought back. You haven't really seen that fight, and that's that's all I really want to see. I'm not really even going into this series with any type of notion that they have a chance of winning. I just want to see them compete. I want to see Patrick Williams and Ayo Dosumu um, and Zach Levine pick up some some things against you know, the defending champions, three guys or the the defending champions who have three guys and Giannis and um, Drew Holiday and and Chris Middleton, who maybe they can learn from, maybe not directly, but just in terms of how they're being guarded or or what they do against these guys um, defensively. Just something to kind of maybe be a springboard for next year. But outside of that, the Bulls will be lucky to get a game, I think.
3: I, I got to agree with Drew. I apologize, Josh, if you wanted to to bridge that, but I'm I'm in the same boat. I will say that the game against the Clippers uh, a couple of about a week and a half or so ago, that was one of the better showings that I've seen from the Bulls in the season, not just in the second half of the season, which was abysmal, but that was a very, very quality good quality game. You saw some good things from Patrick Williams, who's been on a nice upswing to finish the year. Uh, DeMar was playing at an MV, MVP caliber level through the fourth quarter and overtime, and they pulled out a game that they really should have lost. The Clippers are a solid team. Reggie Jackson is playing the best basketball of his career. And even though it's a game at home, uh, Los Angeles was leading that game by double digits in the last quarter. The Bulls were able to come back and take the lead. They nearly won it, had DeMar hit that third free throw uh, near the end of regulation. But that was a quality game. However, they finished the season after the all-star break eight and 15 and losing Lonzo ball and Caruso for extended stretches, but losing Lonzo ball for the remainder of the season really decimated their defense. And it, even with Lonzo, it will be tough sledding against, against a team like Milwaukee. If you have a team like them who finally got over that hump with a player like Giannis, who is absolutely brimming with confidence still plays with a chip on his shoulder, born out of losing two teams like the Bulls in 2015, uh, 20, in 2015. Man, it's tough to beat those squads. We were questioning the Bucks before last season. Then they got a couple of breaks against Brooklyn, came back against to a, uh, from a 2-0 deficit in the finals, and now they're the defending champs. As uh, the Portland Trail Blazers said, in the book Breaks of the Game, it's recounted. After they won this, the title in 1977 and 78, they were they were losing the game, I think, to Philly. And they just came back, overwhelmed the team, and Lloyd Neal was in the locker room and was like, that's why we're the fucking champs. And that's the kind of swagger that teams like that have. The Bulls could sneak a game out. It could be game one. It could be game three. It uh, could be game four. Honestly, it could be any of those games because they still have a lot of talent. And that's a chance for uh, both the young guys on this team, Io, Pat Williams, Kobe, to get at least a game in where they shoot it very well and play inspired basketball. And for Zach to have his first real, really, really good shining spot on the postseason stage, Zach's got to play a good series. I I think if you're looking at the future, Zach has to play a quality series, at least three out of the four, or – four out of the five games that they have or three out of the five games that they have because the Bulls have to be looking towards next season. They they know with the way things finished out this isn't their year. I thought they were a long shot to be an Eastern Conference finalist even when they were playing their best just because Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Brooklyn were still there and Miami who cemented themselves as a quality squad. But now it's kind of a let's 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 Make sure we push this team, make them play as hard as possible, maybe get it to game six if we can, and then look towards next season, build on what we have, and then we throw our name in as a finals contender.
2: I completely agree with you, man. Uh, it's the, I think the two things that stand out to me that really help us give us what hopefully gives us a chance is Vuj got to do something, bro. I don't know what, I don't know who got to take the secret stuff. I don't know if he got I I don't know. If we, I don't know what. I don't know what we have to do. But whatever it is, we got to do. We got to get him back to the Orlando Magic. Boots uh, or at least even even a snippet of the earlier boots when you're still getting at least fifteen and ten. You got to do something that was that was solid production throughout the court. We are we've lacked that for so long in the second half of the season. Sometimes I didn't even know why he's on the court. Like it's it literally has been that bad, and it doesn't help that offensively he's struggling. But he's also not the greatest defender either, especially amongst the perimeter, which is where, where Milwaukee, I think, can kill us, considering that regarding Giannis, and you got guards like George Hill and Drew Holiday who are smart veteran players that know how to utilize that pick, utilize that pick and roll and can sense the switches, can sense the matchups and things of that sort. So I think Vooch got to be on point. No matter who, now that he has more room with that big three, he got to show up. He has to show up. That's number one. Number two, he will. The emergence of P will, you know, it, it, it intrigues the discussion of what he really could have been this season if he fully stayed healthy. Um, I think his, what he's, the contributions he's brought lately, especially from an aggressive offensively perspective, from shooting the three, what is the corner, you know, especially the corner three where he's actually become pretty, pretty good at, just that even that little bit along with the defensive side can help elevate the Bulls that much more. And they need every talent, every piece they can get to even to pretty much keep intact or even run along the same lines as the Milwaukee Bucks because Milwaukee doesn't just have talent, but they're very sound defense, they're, they're a very sound disciplined team. And on top of all of that, they have death. We which is something that we at one point now are some in some ways getting back, but they can play a full 48 minutes with no issues. We struggle to – I struggle to do that all season long. And, it's, and I want to transition to this point because, Chris, you talk about building on next season. I'm open to building on next season, but what are you going to do with next season? As far as where does that direction go? Do you sign Zach Levine through this max deal when he's not even fully healthy and he's any, any injury-prone or coming up with the title that's injury-prone You know, hasn't had his best season as a yet, even though he's at a heck, even though the all star this year. It's crazy to say that. But that second half stretch has been a struggle. Um, do you what do you do with Vooch? Because clearly, at the end of the day, Vooch ain't it to me. He ain't it. So if he's not it, who do you bring in to replace that? You know, how do you add additional depth? What do you do with guys like Kobe White and P. Will? Do you actually trade those guys to bring in veteran players? Or top superstar talents, like what do you do this season? Heck, I'll even if i if, even put a question mark on Billy Donovan because the way he's been coaching as a lay with these no adjustment have so <laughs> no sense, you know, especially defensively. It, it, you would think he would put together the the the, the, the right adjustments necessary. You think he would learn from his Oklahoma City days and coaching Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook and those guys. And even Paul George and Melo, you know, you you would think he would have learned, but I don't think he's learned that much except how to even quick, even faster chew his chew his gum and put the next piece in. That's all I think he knows at this point. So, somebody help a brother out and explain to me and for our audience, what do the what should specifically the Bulls do to take this to the next level?
3: I on mean, can I say first go, Drew, go, go away, Chris. <laughs> Got it. Uh, to, to quote one of my favorite movies here, The Equalizer, um, person's got to be who they are in this world. Old man's got to be the old man. And the fish has to be the fish. And no disrespect to Billy's age. But I think at a certain point, especially in sports, you are the coach that you are. You, you can't really change that much. Mike Antoni is always going to try to get it up the floor and shoot that bad boy quick. <laughs> Uh, whereas other t- other coaches are not going to do that, and Billy Donovan, for as much as he can get out of players, is not a good adjustment coach. And I think that is you know if we if we weren't sold on what KD said on his burner account a few years back, then I think we we got to be sold on it now. I don't you you don't let him go after a year. You kind of play the string out. And, and do what you can, but I think there's players, there's obviously players here like, like Patrick Williams, maybe not Kobe White. I think you could get something of value for Kobe White, but I, I will always love Patrick Williams until I don't, that he has the talent and skill set to be an all-star in this league. Not not a superstar, not all NBA maybe, but an all-star. Maybe all, maybe all defense, maybe all NBA third team, but for sure an all-star. So that's a guy I keep. But Billy Donovan is a guy who you can get 50, uh, maybe 55 wins with, with a quality team, everybody playing out of their out of their heads, and to the conference finals. So you have to be on the lookout for a coach that you want to get when the time comes. I, I think that's that's it. He he is who he is, and you gotta live with that. The Bulls made a better coaching hire. We we can't Trash them for it, especially in a season where they had to deal with so many injuries. Um, so I, I, I'm okay. I'm okay with it for now. You got to be okay with it for now because we came from the darkness of Jim Boylan. Everything is better now. Oh. And that's, and Josh, I'm going to say it because you're a young dude. Things are better now. <laughs> we, <laughs> you were too young to remember Tim Floyd like that. Things are better now.
2: <laughs> I, I will, I will give you that. You're really exposing my age. That's crazy, but it's all good though. It's all you gotta good. keep, you gotta keep it in perspective. <laughs> Drew knows you gotta keep it in perspective.
4: Yeah. You, you do, you do. Um, to to you guys' point, I think there's enough humble pie to go around for a lot of people on this team, not just Billy Donovan, not just Vucevic. If I, if I'm using that phrase right, I think I am. Um, like there's enough blame to spread around. But I'm not necessarily out on Billy Donovan yet. I think that, man, injuries just, you hate to blame injuries because a lot of teams had to deal with players in and out for different reasons. But, you know, (laughs) losing your two best point of attack defenders for different stretches during the season, one of who was not going to be, with the team who isn't gonna be with the team the rest rest of the season that's that's huge you know that that changes what you can do defensively and as much as you know you, you want Billy Donovan to be able to be flexible and change things up and throw different looks out there I mean it's only so much you can do man when when guys are just getting killed on the drive they're sending guys their Vooch, Vooch may rotate. The guys behind them are not rotating properly, at least not consistently. Like it's a lot. It's not just Vooch, man. It's not just Donovan. A lot of people on this team are culpable, and it's it's part of the reason why it, it got so frustrating watching this team because between DeRozan and Vucevic and the Sumu guys with you, you would think have chips on their shoulders for different reasons. You think they would come to the court just with a different air about them, especially in. These games that they've lost to uh, the higher ranking teams above them, the Heat and the, the Bucks and the Sixers and the Celtics of the world, like you'd like to see them put forth a better effort. Um, like I said before, fight a little harder in terms of what they do next season. I don't think we see Kobe White in a Bulls uniform. Um, I think either he gets traded this summer or before the trade deadline. Patrick Williams, I believe, is gonna be here if the if the organization didn't feel the need to try to move him when it looked like they had a a great shot to, you know, advance at least past the second round. And whether you want to call that an all in move or not, um, they didn't do it. So I don't think they'll do that uh going into next year. Um, Zach, I think you gotta sign Zach, but I also think that you you have to take a little bit of the emotions, emotions out of it. That's why I'm glad I'm not in that position because you guys know i i i love i love zach i love guys who in the same kind of ilk as michael jordan hear me out what i mean by that is guys that have a lot of talent but they don't just rest on their laurels like they try to push that talent and get every ounce of it um that they can out of themselves jimmy butler isn't the most talented guy but that's another reason why i love jimmy at least the player like he's just that, that that Work ethic that he has um, is kind of second to none, and Zach kind of falls into that category too. But I think that they should sign Zach to the max, um, barring you know any worse news about the knee coming out. And then I think they need to look and explore some trade options, um, see what maybe they can bring in. Um, I think everybody except for Pat and maybe Io and Caruso and Lonzo should kind of be. You know, it should be it should be in their mind about man, what what can I get? Can you flip the rose Because the one thing, if if you decide to go with Zach and you flip the Rosen, your I know some guys hate this term, but your window, you kind of extend it out a little bit because Zach's a younger player. If you flip it and go in a in a different direction, then you really gotta you really gotta make sure you make every move that you can to support the rose and support whoever else is gonna be on this roster to the best of your ability um, and your, your resources. But um, it, it's a weird situation because it almost feels like the sky is falling, but it really shouldn't be falling because, like, they they, they have a, a decent core group. It's just that they're not really championship worthy yet because any team they would go up against, they would not have the best player in their series. They wouldn't have the best player in the series against Brooklyn. Um, against Philly, against Milwaukee, it may be a coin flip, maybe. Nah, I, never I was going to say Boston, but nah, I think Tatum is for obviously yeah, Tatum is the best player game, on the court. It, it, just, it really stinks, man. I was almost hoping that um, they would draw Philly, because at least with Philly, they only have one guy who was a, a stout defender that they could throw on DeRozan Rosen or Levine. But man, now you got to go up against Milwaukee. And like you said, Josh, it's just... A team that's confident, a team full of dogs, a team that's, you know, gonna do that knows how to do the little things in order to win. And again, that's something that we haven't seen the Bulls do um, with any consistency this year. Obviously, they're not battle tested or battle proven. So it's as hard as one of those things, one of those things where I need to get this job, but I only got an internship, but then one more experience kind of thing. Um <laughs> So I don't I don't know, man. I it's it's I'm glad I'm not in that position, but they they earn the big bucks to make decisions like these.
2: That's true. That, that that that's very true. You guys all said those are all great points. And I, I just know one thing. We play Milwaukee, cross town rivalry, and we gotta see Grayson Allen at least four times. Somebody <laughs> better knock him on his butt. That's yeah. all I got to say.
4: I mean yeah. it's a playoff, so you can you it's an, it's an excuse now. Hey, you playoff foul.
2: But that, but it speaks to your point though. I think I, I, I forgot which one of you guys said it. The toughness component of things, like how you didn't how did you didn't see much fight. Vooch knocked Grayson Allen down in our home game and said it was an accident. Come on, bro. Like how can you say that in the press? I'm like oh, it was really an accident. I wasn't trying to hurt. I wasn't trying to get physical with him. <laughs> like dude, who, who where's that dog?
4: He might have been trying where's to play
3: some pocket change. Yeah, was he one. was he trying to avoid the suspension maybe? <laughs>
2: I mean, he could. Well, he's probably, he probably would have got maybe one game just like Grayson Allen did. He was already losing. He ain't, ain't going to miss none.
3: <laughs> I mean, it's the,
2: this today's NBA, man, they'll, they'll suspend you for anything. I, I, that is very true, though. That is very, that is, that's, that's true. And that's a whole other topic of conversation because we, if we go down that rabbit hole, I'm not coming out. So we're not going <laughs> to so jump down that hole. We're going to go into another hole that, that involves the NBA playoffs in a whole entire, in its entirety because we now have the NBA play-in tournament that is happening this weekend. Um, from what I remember from the lineup perspective, I believe Brooklyn is playing Cleveland. I want to get that right as I pull this schedule up. And um, – I want to say, yeah, Brooklyn plays Cleveland. And then you have the Clippers playing the Timberwolves. That's on Tuesday. uh, As we talk about this, that's tomorrow. And Wednesday, we have the Hornets against the Hawks and the Spurs against the Pelicans. And then that goes into a whole nother tournament for another game on that Friday where the winner of Game 3 and Game 4 plus against the loser, Game 1, Game 2. It's... It's a roller coaster how they got all these this playoff this play-in stuff. But <laughs> at the end of the day, we have at least four game. No, we have uh yeah four games guaranteed. Cleveland, Brooklyn, Minnesota Clippers, Hawks, Hornets, Pelicans, Spurs. What is the one team to you all within this play-in tournament that has the best chance of making some noise? In the actual playoffs,
4: ooh,
0: ooh. <laughs> that's,
3: that's tough, isn't it,
4: it man? Ooh. That's
3: why I asked the question. I don't even know like- <laughs> Josh, Josh, using all his 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 university acumen right there. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, Brooklyn is is somehow, some way in the playing tournament. I mean, we, we know how they, they got hurt through the middle of the season. They had all the, the ups and downs with Kyrie and the mask mandate. So there you go. Brooklyn's in the seventh spot. So I think it's almost unfair to, to have them as part of that question because they very obviously could make the finals. You, you have two of the best in the last t- 10 years on your team. Uh, So with Ben Simmons and and insert, well, no, I'm just kidding. Um, With Kyrie and KD, you have a chance to make the finals. Cleveland is scrappy. Cleveland is very hungry. Cleveland is very nice. But I I don't see them beating Brooklyn. I I could see them beating either of of Atlanta, Charlotte, but I I don't see the Cavaliers beating Brooklyn. The funny thing, though, on the other side, the Clippers – who, who stretched and clawed their way to that eighth seed are intriguing, even in a strong West, because like I, I said before, they have Reggie Jackson playing some of the best basketball of his career in the last two years. He is, he is on swag 2000. Um, <laughs> and they have a, they have a quality team. And Tyrone Lou is a quality coach
4: who is a defensive wizard. And, and, just to just to interject really quick, we talk about Billy Donovan and a guy who maybe is a little averse to adjusting and and throwing different lineups out there. Lou is like the opposite. That dude will piece together. He will MacGyver some lineups and, <laughs> and, just, and just to see what happens, like. I, I, I like this team for that. I'm sorry, but go ahead.
3: <laughs> no, I was going to say, exactly. I didn't want to compare him to Billy Donovan because I was, I was probably just being too nice, but to, to <laughs> Lou is the is the exact opposite. Exactly like you said, Drew. He will throw whomever and, wh- and whenever onto the floor to see what he can get out of it. And it's not like they have um, just... You know, islands of an island of misfit toys out there. They've got (laughs) Terrence Mann, who has shown a great ability to play in this league as well as get under Luka Doncic's skin. Mm -hmm. And that's an important thing to have. Even if they lose that first game to Minnesota, which admittedly, I have not watched the volume of basketball that you both have this year. And I was a bit surprised to see Minnesota land where they did, which is 10 games over 500, not the seventh spot. Is still competitive out West, but 10 games over 500 is really good for Minnesota and Anthony Edwards. I, I think that the Clippers have the veteran edge there. But, uh, it's tough for me to see them, uh, if they get that seven spot, beating Memphis in a seven-game series, which is why I would probably, if we're talking just about noise from the play-in tournament, I will put them behind Brooklyn. I, I would put them behind uh, even, even Atlanta. Or, or Cleveland. I don't want to dismiss Cleveland out of hand, but it, it it's hard because they're they're up. They're a young team, even with Kevin Love, and, and they've got their their best players outside of Love are their young upstarts. I, I'm. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard for me to see them getting a getting ahead now. In the future, yeah, but but now is like a stretch to me. This is the best the East has been in a while. Yeah.
4: Very good points, man. I, I think I agree with you in terms of, of the West and the Clippers, particularly particularly if they can win that first one and just lock up that seventh seed and not have to play another game um, to get the eighth seed. Uh, just because, like you said, man, uh, between Reggie Jackson and 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 Paul George and just the surplus of wings that they have, man, Um on that roster, I think they can they can make life difficult for a lot of teams. Only though if they if they're able to get that, that seventh seed, because if they fall um into that eighth spot and have to play Phoenix, I don't really like that matchup for them. Yeah. Um unless Kawhi was there, but you know, we know how that goes. Um in terms of the East, I, I like you not dismissing Cleveland, especially if Jared Allen is is you know really, uh healthy enough to play. Um, and that could make for a very interesting matchup if they lose at seven, eight to Brooklyn, Atlanta beats Charlotte, and then Cleveland and Atlanta have to match up. because yeah. um, I was going to start to say that I think the Hawks could could make some noise if they get in as the eighth seed and have to play Miami, because Miami as as well as they've played throughout the season, and obviously they're the number one seed in the East. They struggle a little bit to score in the half court, but their defense is great. Atlanta's defense is not very good, but they got Trey Young, um, who can be a nightmare uh, for most teams. Um, I guess it would just kind of come down to, you know, how how Miami defended him and how maybe they can not allow him to hide on defense the way that he was able to do against New York last season. I think that, you know, Spolster might be able to, as good as a as good of a coach as he is, be able to make sure that Jimmy or somebody is punishing that matchup um on other side of the court. So that's that's a really good question that you posed, Josh. But um if I had to choose I'd probably go to Clippers in the West. I'm I'm in agreement with, with Chris there. And then you know what I'm I'm gonna say Cleveland. I'm gonna just go Cleveland. All right. Cleveland you know just the length that they have again with the caveat of Allen being being back in and ready to go because Mobley already came back from a, I think it's an ankle injury, uh, maybe five games ago. go. So if they can get kind of that that regular starting five that they were playing so well with. Maybe they can, you know, upset the Heat in that first round. Maybe.
2: Okay, bold prediction. I'm pretty sure Joe know will not like you. No, like uh, <laughs> I think he would be more on Chris's end. Uh, be messing more with Chris on this one, but. Um. The more I think about it, I think for me, I wanna go, I really wanna go like crazy upset alert in a way. I wanna go with Minnesota, and this is why Anthony Edwards has arrived. <laughs> and the fact that he is here with a cat right next door, right next to, as the side peep, as a side guy, man, it's that's gonna be deadly in the play. That's gonna be deadly in the playoffs for for whomever. They play. And I like the fact that they do have the youth on their side. They have they do have uh, a little bit of experience, especially because, you know, Cats finally been to the playoffs before. You can't forget what D'Angelo Russell has been to that team and how he's part of that Brooklyn Nets team that upset. Uh, I forgot exactly the team name, uh, the team, but they they, they upset uh, on that Brooklyn Nets team in the first round that year before Kevin Durant and uh, Kyrie Kate got there. I, I think it was the Raptors they upset. I know what
3: you're talking about. What team was that? <laughs>
2: yeah, I I forgot the I forgot the actual team. I want to say it was Toronto. I can't. I'm not for sure, but they did upset that series. Uh, they weren't the favorites of that series, and they won. That was led by D'Angelo Russell, and I think him having that not having that uh, that confidence, knowing that he can do that, um, at a high level, bringing that with Minnesota to the playoffs with a hungry Anthony Edwards who can give you a good 25-30 game easy, along with Cat, who is on a mission to prove people wrong uh, this season. You know, he's been – he showed it with the three-point shootout. He You know, he's taken it personal this year. Mm -hmm. So um, I just think – and the fact that they can be exciting to watch, I do think Minnesota has a really good chance against this Clippers team. Uh, to potentially make a little noise, I think I, I don't know if they'll win, but I I'm, I want to I'm I'm rooting for them in this case for them to take it to that next le- level. Plus, I want to see Anthony Edwards in the press conferences. I love his press conferences. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't ignore what he's gonna. It's always uh on your edge type of seat of what he's gonna say in the press conference that's gonna make everything go viral. So I gotta see yeah. what this guy got. to you know, <laughs> What it's gonna be like if he beats Paul George and those guys. I just, I just I'm
4: just interested to see what he's gonna say. Um don't don't forget about the, the Patrick Beverly factor and yes. you know maybe him doing his damnedest to get under the skin of former teammates Reggie Jackson and um Paul George and just the what he's meant to Minnesota because they just they've played with a different a different oomph this year, man. I, I can't attribute it to anybody but Patrick Beverly, just the attitude they have, you know. Um Cat just talking all types of noise to people, dunking on people, pointing at them, laughing at them like this. I don't remember him doing that before. Like it's 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 like that. Oh, I got my big brother running with me, so I'm gonna just I'm gonna just say whatever, just talk crazy, you know. And it's it's something to be said for that type of confidence. So, um, it's it's I, I think the fact that we all kind of pick different teams to a certain extent just kind of speaks to how exciting this this play in tournament and potential playoff matchups can can be. It's, it's one of the most, maybe not wide open, but just there shouldn't be any NBA TV games. Like, you know, uh, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> like these series deserve better, you know? <laughs> <laughs> can I ask a question
3: real quick, Ben? Do you, are, are y'all in favor of the play-in tournament going forward? This season, the, the, the
4: matchups that we've got this year notwithstanding – I I like it. I just, I wish, let me, let me think about this. I, man, I just having the seven and eight seed having to kind of play again to get into the playoffs is a little, it irks me a little bit, but it does make things more exciting down the stretch. Teams actually have to compete and and fight as hard as they can to get into that top six. So I like that aspect of it's kind of a double edged sword a little bit. Um, but I, I think I mostly side with, with keeping it. What about you, Josh?
2: I think, see, you, you made, you made my point. That's why I'm like, mm. because <laughs> the point of the fact that, yeah, as a seventh or eighth seed, you got to play in a playing tournament just to reclaim what you already won or deserve the rights to, for the most part. That's, that's just weird to me. I just would not want my why would I want to go through that? I don't I don't get it. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, it does bring that excitement. So why don't we just have a solution to cater to both, like we have always done on this show? Why don't we just say forget the East and West? Just do a, the best 16 teams. I like that. And there you go. You ain't gotta worry about competition. Lacking because you got. The best of the best in each conference, literally from top to bottom. You ain't got to worry about a playing tournament on both sides just to see who can be the seventh and eighth seed. That way, everyone earns their specific spots. There's no playing tournament. It was done, you know, it was fought in in our, own, I guess, correctly or rightly, whatever way you want to say it. Um, and you get the best competition. That's just my solution in the world of Joshua M Hicks uh, Basketball League which maybe you can find in the future at the local, at your local YMCA. But I don't know. You know, that's just, that's just something that I, that I would do if I was a commissioner. But like Drew always says on the show, I'm glad I'm not in that position because that's a lot. And um, I ain't got to worry about that. But as the outside looking in analysts that we are, outside of this play-in, we still got the regular playoff that starts right after. So on the east side and the west side, what choices are y'all coming with? Like, who are the ones that's gonna come out of the East and the West? Because I'm gonna be honest with you, I, I, it's kind of hard to choose for me. I I, I want to go with Phoenix on the on the on the West on the West Coast, but if you're talking about potentially getting a healthier Stephen Curry to play in the Big Three being fully healthy, especially with the way Klay Thompson has been playing as of late that might be enough to get you to the, get you to the finals. Um, you're talking about the East on the East coast. I think for me personally, you probably should go with the bucks because they're the most proven and the most solid right now. But this is the playoffs. You never know what could happen. You still got James Harden, Joel Embiid with the two headed monster over there. You still got, uh, like you said, a threat of Brooklyn with Katie and Kyrie, because you could never count them out. They've been through this before it's a really open air situation for me and i think i'm just gonna just grab some popcorn sit back and watch and enjoy the show because i i just it's hard to choose ultimately if you put me in that position who i should expect to come out of the Eastern western conferences but i wonder if it's different for you all i'll start with drew you know like what what's (laughs) you have a solidified favorite for each conference to come out and meet up in the finals
4: I, I think so. And I'm going to be boring. I'm just keep it simple. I think it's going to be a rematch. I think we're headed for a, a Bucks Suns um, round two, uh, without getting too deep into it. I think that Phoenix has just been a machine. Um, you know, we got Chris Paul back, not a whole lot of questions with their roster or, or what they're trying to do on the court. Um, you know, golden state I think is, is the one team in the West that could give them some trouble, uh, if they are to meet um have to see how Steph Curry's uh foot cooperates once we get to the playoffs because I think um he should be playing in game one of the the playoffs I believe he was uh deemed out until the playoffs so we'll, we'll see how that injury um affects him moving forward and then with the Bucks, I just again another team that doesn't really have questions have a lot of questions man but they can pose a lot of questions for different for different teams, different matchups. Uh, being able to go big with Brook Lopez or go small with Giannis at the five. I just, hey, I, I don't I don't see a lot of teams in the East um, being able to counter that very very well. Um, moving forward, so it's boring, but that's that's where I'm at with it, man. What about you, Chris?
3: Something in me wanted to say Philadelphia, but it's just I I don't think they really put it together as best they could. They've got it. They've got a quality squad, and Joel Embiid is he's hardened. Uh, that's not a that's not a pun. That's that's uh, that's an unfortunate coincidence. But those losses have put the iron in his in in him. I think it's just um, they they came out better in the trade, but. James Harden is still James Harden. He's a lesser version than we've seen in the past, and the playoffs has been kind of like uh, gold kryptonite for him. You know, not it just kind of takes his powers away. It doesn't kill him; it just reduces him. So it, it's going to be a toss up to see what what they can really do. I mean, sorry, they lost Steph Curry. They lost Steph Cur- Steph Curry in that trade. That was a big mm-hmm. loss for Philadelphia. Yeah. That was the thing I think that they really can't recover from. Um, so in the East, really, to me, it's Boston's time to push to push again the way that they did when they played. Um, was I believe it was the Cavs that they took them to seven a few years back before they uh, before Tatum was was fully Jason Tatum as he is now, and then uh, Brooklyn, like we talked about before, Toronto, real interesting. Toronto real interesting. In fact, Toronto could win that first series and set themselves up to play Miami in the second round because as I think it was my guy from roller derby up in Canada, um, Dylan, who said that Nick Nurse was going to coach the pants off Doc Rivers in that first round. And he very well could do it. Plus, Toronto, after a year, uh, year down, has has gotten their guys uh, headstrong, um, headstrong quality players, plus Scotty Barnes, and put it and put together a very good season. Um, so I'd be looking, I'd be looking hard at them. It's it's wild because it's the best the East has been, and then I was gonna, it might, it could be a bloodbath <laughs> outside of those teams that we talked about earlier.
4: Yeah, um, we should mention, we should mention that five yeah, that play yeah, playing to Toronto. You said he will? He he can't. He can't man. play at Toronto. So man.
3: Man, oh man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> doc, doc, left, doc. left, 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 left Los, Los
3: Angeles. Thought it was sweet.
2: Nick <laughs> said no Canada. <laughs> no when you can't come. That's funny. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but um
3: if I if, sorry, I, I didn't even get to the to the west. I apologize. It's
4: that's my fault. No, no, them. it's
3: not you, Drew. I, I took some time. Um, Dallas has got to show. Dallas has really got a show. This is the best seed that Lucas had. They gotta make it count. And they don't have an easy task playing Utah. Quinn Snyder's always gonna hound people uh defensively, not just with Rudy, but with Royce O'Neal too. Mm-hmm. So Luca has to make those triple doubles really, really count. They had the clippers on the ropes and lost, and they can't do that again. Winning 52 games, I'll say that much. Um And Golden well, Luka State got to be
2: healthy too, because he's he got a calf strain that he that he just you know gotta, injured in gotta the gotta last game. It. And they say he may not even be available for game one. So it's like he got to you know they like you said. I think they heavily rely on Luca, but Luca can't stay healthy. Somebody got to step up.
3: Man, it's it's true, it's true. But if me being a an old school type, I would say a meatball type fan, the the way that Dallas has played in the po- in the previous postseasons since Luke has come in, they can't afford to wait for him to get back. They're not that good yet. Yeah. So if they can have Luke out there, you know, maybe if he misses game one and they take their chances, but he's got to come back for that first round of play, even if he's sixty percent. And now's the time for him to gut through it. It's a calf strain. I wouldn't say it's an injury that could shorten your career if you play through. It's not like McHale playing on the broken foot. You know, at the risk of sounding like a Neanderthal, he's got to play. He's got to push through that one. And on the Golden State side, uh, I'm looking at this tweet here. Klay Thompson was injured for two years and has more 40-point games this season than James Harden. So yeah.
2: The Warriors are going to be a tough out.
3: I agree
2: with you, Josh. <laughs> For sure, we got our guy Sean Terry watching us talking about playoffs, baby. Anybody can get it. You absolutely right. Anybody can get it. You know who's going to get it? Unfortunately, the Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to get it badly. Just like. Wow. <laughs> They're going to get it badly either way. <laughs> Well, I must love to see you, Sean. I appreciate you, uh, you know, checking out the show. But, man, at the end of the day, we cannot leave this show without highlighting one of the most important components to basketball in general, and that is the WNBA. We have our expert analysis, I call him, and Chris on the show. And Chris, my guy, you know, obviously we cover sh- sh- uh, Chicago Sky games together. We know what it's like to be in those environments and everything. Today's the the draft, the NBA draft, Um, they started, and I'll be honest with you, the draft went by very quickly. I was barely shocked how these pick, like these analysts are talking, it's like boom, 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 pick here, pick there. I was very intrigued by how efficient this draft was moving. Um, (laughs) I was very impressed with that and I like that. But um, at the end of the day, when you're talking about the draft in general, doesn't surprise me. Ryan Howard from Kentucky, number one pick, got drafted by the Atlanta Dream um, that they acquired in the trade with the Washington Mystics. And then number two was Nalisa Smith from Baylor, going to the Indiana Fever. Shaka- uh, Shakira Austin, I want to say, is her name from Ole Miss. She's going to Washington from that trade because of that trade with Atlanta. She's going to the Mystics. You mean, and. We have the Indiana Fever who got uh, who acquired their pick from the Los Angeles uh, Sparks. They drafted Emily Ensler, Engs, uh, the the slugger, the sniper from Louisville, and the list goes on. Uh, I unfortunately uh, cannot continue to go through this list because where I'm searching this as you know they don't have to pay you for the ad stuff. So unfortunately, I got really, you, man. <laughs> you know, get completely jacked up. Um, but at the end of the day, you know the WNBA draft took place and when it comes to the Chicago sky in general, we did not have any picks this year. Um, so we did not draft. We didn't participate in the draft. We said, screw this. We won the title and we're going to just, you know, play. We don't do picks. We just go get the best players we can, <laughs> L.A. Rams style and win, baby, win. That's how <laughs> we're going to roll. So we did that this offseason. We brought, you know, obviously we had Candace Park, We were able to bring back Courtney Vandersloop, Allie Quigley. Um, we did lose some departures and Stephanie Dolson. To New York Liberty. We lost. Uh, we got we unfortunately had uh lost Diamond Shields who's going to the Phoenix Mercury, who that 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 team woo, if they get Britney Grinder back. Oh my god, that is nasty. Um, the way that lineup is set up. But the Chicago Scott did make a trade, bought up a big time player from the Washington Mystics. I cannot I cannot say her name right now. Oh, Emma Emma Mason, man. Yes, there you go. Her <laughs> and she and pairing that MVP like caliber player. With the Candace Parker, and the, and what we got going on with that man, just uh, do do this guy have a chance for a repeat? Like, is it, do they have a real chance at take and bring and going back to back playing Drake in the background, going back to back? Can they go back to back? Oh, most
3: definitely. It was it was tenuous in the offseason, and. I uh my guy James K., shout out to the Skyhook Podcast, always as always check out the Skyhook Podcast well, We're going all season, all year long. Yes. James will tell me will tell you that I am uh a cynic about these things. I didn't pick this guy to be top, uh to be a champ a finals contender last season after they picked up Candace Parker, because I said they had to wait and see how it went. And I was right for the most part. Um, once the playoffs hit, I was dead wrong, but I was, I was right for the most part. This season, I'm curiously uh, optimistic. I'm real bullish on this guy because picking up Emma Miesemann in, in free agency, in free agency, which means they didn't have to give up too much, was gigantic. She is such a, such a, such a, such a, good player. Pairing her with Elena Don, as well as uh, Tiana Hawkins and Christy Tolliver got the Washington Mystics their championship in 2019. And she's somebody who I've had my eye on for years as a game-changing type player. Inside, outside, graded back to the basket, incredible footwork in the post and the paint, great help defender, uh, can defend three through five as quality. And then in the three-team the three team trade with Phoenix that sent Diamond to Shields to Phoenix, they got Julie Alleman from uh, Indiana who can spell Courtney Vandersloot, which they've been trying to find um, an efficient person to can spell Courtney Vandersloot for two to three seasons now, especially as she's getting towards uh, the twilight portion of her career. She's still got some great basketball left to play. But bringing in a player like Julie Alleman, who is a great ball handler, can shoot it very well from outside – and, best of all, gets the change of scenery from Indiana, just up, the, up 65, 80, 65, over to Chicago. That's great. Losing Diamond Hurt, but I, if she needed the change of venue for sure. Um, prayers up, hopefully the Phoenix, not only Phoenix, hopefully we as people get Brittany Griner back from Russia. Yes. So Phoenix has the if, – if they get BG back, it's secondary, but they know that they lost out. On a chance at the championship with uh kia nurse's injury so they got diamond to shields they let Bria hartley go but they brought in other players uh like diamond to shields who can help them but the sky definitely absolutely have a chance to repeat and i'm hopeful i'm hoping that my optimism doesn't come back to bite me and the team <laughs> but on paper they're a great squad they're an absolutely great squad and they still have Dana Evans, who's maturing as a second-year player and showed some really good flashes last year, not you know among others.
2: Uh, yeah, not before you before you jump in, uh, Drew. Real quick, you know we got people watching our show. We love the people that are we love our audience tuning into what we put out there. So we appreciate y'all. We gotta shout you guys out. I mean, you know, obviously Sean said rolling on the floor, really, 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 you know, rolling on the freaking floor. But hey, hey. You know, you know that's how that's how Sean is. We a funny guy, man. We love you, Sean. Uh much love to you, brother. And Chris you got Chris, I'm pretty sure you know this person, Mac Fenway.
4: Hey but Fenway.
2: Person, person, no, <laughs> and he got got done dirty.
3: Okay, I gotta let me let me come back and explain it. So I
2: I'm in, I'm intrigued by what by what this means. So please elaborate, sir.
3: Th- this is very true. Uh, Destiny Henderson, standout player at the University of South Carolina, who won the, ch- uh, the team won the championship last week. Um, Sky players were really looking at her before the Sky traded their draft pick because she had a seven steal game in December, and they were um, people were really salivating like, "Yo, this would be a great person for the Sky to get." And it's funny that she was all over ESPN's pre-draft coverage. You know, this is the time where we're in four K. HDTV. So, and especially in the WNBA with so many uh, fashion forward, creative people, the outfits were playing, playing really, really well. And Destiny Henderson was all over. D Handy was all over that pre-draft coverage. And then she just kept falling down the board, falling down the board, falling down the board until she got picked by the fever in the second round. Mm-hmm. At the tail end of the second round, I believe somebody correct me if I'm wrong. And my my my, <laughs> my dude, Fenway out in in Toronto, one of the one of the craziest sports fan births of of that I've ever seen. Uh, pl- a person from Toronto who likes both the Boston Red Sox and the Boston Bruins, and then the South Carolina gamecocks. You know, <laughs> however that happened, was very upset that and a lot of people were honestly and it's true it's weird to have a player that you play up that much and then you just see them in the room not getting called and to speak to that efficiency you talked about josh people were saying who were in the room uh, my guy owen pence they were only calling the names in the draft room in the second round of players who got drafted so there would be silence And then if somebody was in the room, they would call the name. On TV, we were seeing people who got drafted who weren't present and they were discussing them at the table. But people were just kind of waiting around to hear if their name would get called. And I think that makes it even more Twilight Zone-ish to be sitting in that room that you've been preparing for for three, four, five years. And then you hear like number 12 with the 16th pick. Then with the twenty-first pick, and you're like, "Wait a second, where? You know what's about to happen with me?" (laughs) So I know Fenway and a lot of other Gamecock fans are looking for the Destiny Henderson Revenge Tour to start in Indiana very soon. I don't know how uh, I don't know how well that's going to go, both for for Henny and the Fever. Uh, Fenway is other other than I'm going to say other than Chicago because we're cool. Fenway's not real big on the Midwest. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so she was not happy that uh, Henny went to Indiana, but the fever got some rebuilding to do. We don't have a lot of time to discuss them on this, on this podcast, even though they have, they have four first round picks and they did pretty well with at least two of them, but they are at the beginning of a rebuild, which is always interesting for any team to watch. Either it can go very well or it can kind of crash and burn on you. And Indiana a lot of people are looking at Indiana, and I think a lot of people are, are looking at them to kind of crash and burn with them. So it'll be really interesting for both Destiny Henderson and the Indiana Fever at large.
2: Well, Henny got swag. I'll tell you that right now. You oh, yeah. That, you saw the baby, the baby blue baby, Yankee cap. baby blue suit. <laughs> woo Man, I was sitting like, okay, I see you. I see yeah, you in the line. You out here doing your thing. support that. Just make sure you got men's clothes. You got the men's clothes for me. I'll, I'll purchase. I'll purchase. <laughs> Just let me know. Just let me know. I will support. Um, but obviously, when we talking about when we talk about the WNBA and the sky and everything. Like we always say and promote on this show, you a basketball fan? You should be supporting the WNBA too. And we and this summer is going to be lit because the Chicago Sky they're about to get their they, they're doing a redemption tour to go back to back. You know they got their ring. They're getting the ring ceremony. They're hosting the All Star game. I mean, Chicago gonna be lit this summer, fellas. This light skinned brother gonna get a nice tan. I'm telling you, because I'm gonna be out and about checking out these games because Chicago gonna be lit for the WNBA. And obviously, I hope we all can, you know, we all make the efforts to go and attend these things, but also attend the Chicago Sky games. Come to Wintrust Arena. Put your money where your mouth is. You say you support the WNBA? Show up because the WNBA deserve our support and our love as well, especially as fans of the basketball game. These women put a lot of words, just like, just like any other athlete, to progress, improve their games, and put on a show for all of us while us tri- us striving to win those championships. And we should be supporting women in general, but for sure, women's sports if you are a, a sports fan. And we're, that's we know – more media is going to do that regardless, but we are highly encouraging you all to do that. So definitely come out this summer, support Chicago Sky and what and what's going on over there at, at Winchester Arena. You know, my alma mater, the Paul. We here all day, baby. You know Chris, <laughs> sure.
4: I want to ask you one more question. One more question. Yes, sir. You got two sheets of paper in front of you. One is the Sky's roster from last season. The other is the what the Sky's roster looks like right now going into this upcoming season. Which one is better?
3: This season. It's, it's this season, most definitely. Like right. I said, Emma Miseman brings a whole new dimension that the Sky didn't have with their front court last year. And that's crazy to say because they have players that I absolutely love. Uh Stephanie Dolson is not just a fan favorite. She offers a ton yes. to any team she's on. She's probably one of the she's probably the best screener in the league, she can shoot the three from outside. Uh, She's not as mobile a big as there is in the league, but she can still defend in the post. And Astute fall plays the best when she's with Chicago. Uh, But she's taking time away from the league. Steph went to New York, closer to home. And bringing in Emma Mieseman now, man, it's just, those, Candace Parker and Emma Mieseman playing in the same front court, along with Azaree Stevens, dog. <laughs> I can't I can't explain to you what kind of offensive, defensive combinations you have. Z is great on help defense. Candace is a veteran who can do everything. And Emma Mieseman is a threat to score from the free throw line, from the perimeter, and in the lane. All three phases. Emma Mieseman is, is what Daryl Morey falls to sleep at night dreaming about. She is that <laughs> type of player. That's <laughs> serious. So this is a this is a better team this year.
4: Okay. Okay. I lied. One more. <laughs> Kahlia Copper. Oh, MVP candidate. Oh, you See, so you already you you read my. I didn't have to say nothing. You read my mind already. Oh, we going there off the bat. All right, All right,
2: Chris. All right, Chris.
4: But y'all
3: remember? Y'all remember when Rose put up thirty six on the Celtics in Game One, and everybody was like, "Oh shit, what's about to happen?" <laughs> Like Kalia Copper has been in a little bit longer, but we saw the growth in 2020 when she was down in Florida and she took the step forward that a lot of people expected for diamond to shields to take. And she had been kind of flirting with it, but every time that James Wade got the chance to talk about her or she got the chance to talk about him, you saw what their relationship was. It was that guard guard, you know, uh, not, not scrappy, like, tough, hard nose, they have that connection, I believe, and they were pushing each other. They were pushing each mm-hmm. other. They were pushing each other. And Kalia Copper is not just unstoppable in the in the fast break. She's becoming unstoppable in the half court. Phoenix, you saw it. Phoenix had nobody who could touch Kalia Copper if she got free off of a screen. She was going downhill. She was getting in the lane. The only thing that was going to stop her was if BG rotated over quickly enough mm-hmm. and altered the shot or she got called for an offensive foul. And it's hard. I still think it's really difficult for guards in the WNBA, even though basketball is going to five out. It's still tough for guards to to win win, um, MVP. Just based on stats, you have to rack up a lot of rebounds for a guard to do so. And so you see Maya Moore is on the short list of players who can have uh, games, careers like that, seasons like that. But Kalia Copper, what she what she did last year, she was finals MVP and it was well-deserved. She puts together a season like that and she very, very clearly can, even on a team with this much talent. She can be an MVP candidate. I think the only thing that could stop her is the fact that the Sky are going to have so much talent and people shining on a daily basis if things go right. But yeah, Drew, she could be an MVP candidate. She could can be the next, the next great guard in Chicago, since we saw Rose come through.
4: I love it. I love it. I love her game. I love her fear, fearlessness, the way she just constantly attacking and putting pressure on the defense, man. I, I love it.
2: All right, Chris. All right. You better tell her to get on the phone with D. Rose and figure out how to make that ass and, you know, prepare for that because there, there is a lot of high expectations, especially since she came out the way that she did last season and in that finals run that really helped put the sky over the top of winning that championship. It's going to be a lot of expectations for her to take that step moving forward. So uh, I'm definitely, we definitely hope and expect that she can do that and that she will do that as we follow the Chicago sky throughout the season. We know C Breezy and James K going to be there uh, with the skyhood podcast and and the, and the work over there. I'm definitely going to find my way up there as well. And we're going to, we're going to figure this, th- we're going to support the Chicago sky and really see where they could take how, how how much further they can really take this thing. And hopefully they'll be able to take it to that next level. One last thing. One last thing, Josh. Is
3: Chicago getting the all-star game? Boy, if there were two, bro, there were three games last year that surprised the hell out of me when I really realized that not just uh that putting that arena as for as contentious as it was and the way that Rahm Emanuel did it. Putting that arena, Wintrust Arena, where they did was so such a good idea, because that that vitalization of 22nd Street along that strip, and was it the the last game before the all before the Olympic break last year. That where David Aldridge was at that game, they played mm-hmm. the Mystics. Lori Lightfoot came out. She's a season ticket holder, but she was out there. There were so many random celebrities at that game. And it was also, um, I think, a, a high school basketball, women's basketball uh, camp that had happened around. So the arena was packed. They played a great game against the Mystics, ended up losing in overtime. But the buzz was palpable. And then that game three of the finals on Friday night, I talked to Andy Costable on my podcast, uh, What's Good Radio?, And she said, yeah, that was like a going out night. We went, we watched the sky blow out Phoenix by 30, and then we hit the town. And that's that's what's going to happen. That all-star came, that all-star stretch. It's not going to be all-star weekend because it's the summertime, but think about it. It's the summertime.
2: That's what makes it so dangerous. No, it's the summertime shine <laughs> on Surmac in Indiana, bro. Thirty-first
3: Street Beach is less than a mile away. Downtown is 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 about two miles away. Oh my god, that hair! The Heralds. the Heralds <laughs> yeah. on Michigan is going to be a bloodbath, my dude. <laughs> it's going to be so wild in there. Can you? Oh. If you if you don't live in Chicago and you love WNBA basketball. You need to come to Chicago to see what the Heralds on Sir and Michigan is gonna be like after that all-star game. I promise right. you. Man. I promise.
4: Ba- baseline success, jerk villa. Is it jerk villa? Jerk from oh oh, man. man.
3: What's the spot yeah. next door to Reggie's? Uh the, the spot where all the like um what what people would call the the black brunch crowd hang out on Sunday? I'm a, I'm gonna go on Google Maps and find yeah. it right now
2: you
4: not talking talk about bounce, right? Oh, uh, I know what you're talking about. Oh, man, it's not bureau, 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 not bureau bar. I know what you're talking about, though. God bless it. I know what you're talking about.
3: Oh, uh, what is the name of that <laughs> spot?
4: That's killing me. Is it bureau something? It ain't, I don't think it's bureau bar. Is it bureau? I'm messing that up. <sighs> I'm about to look it up, man.
3: Is the Reggie's okay? Is the Reggie's on stage? Hmm. No, it's bureau.
4: Okay. Bureau bar. Bureau Yeah. Bar. That
3: that spot's gonna be going off. The velvet lounge.
2: Oh man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't even get the lounge started. Don't even get the lounge started. Yeah, look, look 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 at Josh's face, man. <laughs> Don't even get that started. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the perfect time to be single. All right. Um, <laughs> as we end that. As We end this episode, man. Um, obviously, got some stuff coming up. <laughs> Drew, Drew. Oh, Drew. All right, man, any, any anything you guys want to highlight real quick before we get on out of here, man?
4: Um, in case you're listening, baby, I love you. I don't know who this man is, his, top- <laughs> 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 his opinions and viewpoints do not necessarily reflect my own. I just want to
2: see some good <laughs> basketball. Oh, no, Chris, you got anything?
4: Uh, as
3: always, follow the, follow the guys. I appreciate y'all having me back. Uh, COVID, your boy is down in, in isolation right now. So if you know anybody, I said this um, to my people at work, if you know anybody that's not vaccinated for any reason other than it would put them in a worse me- me- uh, medical spot than they would be now, slap them twice and tell them to get that shot. Like we talking, we talking the real smack or? Uh, oh no, uh, a better smack than that. Like okay, a, like the okay. back and forth when <laughs> when um, when Lex Luthor popped the question on Justice League Unlimited. That kind of smack,
4: <laughs> like throw somebody through a window, bro. <laughs> Charles Barkley, didn't pet those kind. Okay, all right, I got you. I got you. Well said, my man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, I, I
2: think you and Kyrie have an interesting discussion about that. But um, <laughs> at the end of the day. Follow everybody on the, on the on the social media tags look what drew did quandary kidding I'm already right here at Josh M Hicks media follow us individually on the mine is Instagram and the Twitter um Chris is a Twitter he got a different a different name for Instagram I forgot what it is um, so Chris feel free to shout that out well, you know when you want to if you want to disclose disclose that information drew look what you did on both platforms
4: Hit us up, y'all. We these shenanigans don't have to be just limited to to running reward. Hit us up. We can continue these shenanigans elsewhere. Like, let's come on.
2: (laughs) Oh, most (laughs) definitely. We we be about it in the comments, especially Drew. (laughs) Drew, Drew, Drew loves to talk and engage with the audience. Chris loves to too. You just don't, you just better come straight. (laughs) Yeah, you
4: come come correct when you're talking Come correct. That's all we have. All these guys, Chris and Josh, and myself, man. Oh, you know, don't be on no dummy. We can keep it cordial. Let's let's talk though.
2: Most definitely, most, <laughs> most definitely, most definitely. And follow. Most importantly, War Media, yeah. warmedia.substack.com. dot com, um, War on Acre, We can, we can, you know, get this episode in the audio version of the podcast on all podcast platforms: Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn app, you name it. We all over the place. We got a lot of great stuff coming your way real soon. Um, and there is going to be an a, a, a earlier, I guess, attachment to this piece. We got uh, uh, Kyle talked with School B, Brandon School B. Robinson. That's going to be attached to this uh, component of the show. consider this the second half of the show. But, uh, yeah, we, we, we're we going to just leave it as that. Uh, fellas, thank you again for another episode. Thank you for everybody tuning in and listening. We appreciate y'all. In the words of the founder, the one and only Kyle Means, stay straight. Peace out. Peace all over the world. Peace in Ukraine bg we praying and and praying for you, hoping you come back to the U.S. As always, safe and sound, for real. We need you back in the league, and we need you back in this world. And, like always, keep bouncing. Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to Tix Splits. Splits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TixSplits.com or on the TixSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TixSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TixSplits, T-I-X-P-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today.